Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this Doing Monday well. morning? Doing well and uh, looking forward to our activities. Did you have your door open this morning when yeah. it was uh, in the yeah, low 60s? Yeah. <coughs> but you know, uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of activities, of course. On what, this first subject we're going to talk about is yeah. Blinken, yeah. you know, and they sabotage, and that's an ongoing thing. But actually, um, the, the, there's big news in the financial markets today with, uh, uh, with, with the British pound going, and I think there's an emergency meeting today uh, with, with the Fed trying to sort it out. Of course, why don't they do the right thing? Because they don't know the right thing. <laughs> there is no right thing, <laughs> you know, when you think about it. It's always just change the management. Yeah. That's how... 20 years we were in Afghanistan. Change the management. Yeah. Do something. Surge. Change the president. <laughs> get a new general. <laughs> so, but anyway, we want to start off with uh, this uh, ongoing mess over the uh, pipelines. And you, the other day, and you especially expressed how dangerous you know this uh, this can be. Uh, a, a one country blowing up the property of another country in a significant way with ulterior motives. And, uh, you know, I don't think I stretch it that far when you punish a nation by cutting off their supply, their oil and sanction, cutting off their, their money where they can't buy it. Actually, that was a big deal starting war with Japan. When yeah, we refused to negotiate with Japan, uh, we just shut off their money. So uh, those are acts of war. But this one... This one is a lot more blunt, and that is uh, Biden, um, you, you know, Blinken, the Secretary of State, uh, caused sabotage attacks on Nord Stream Pipeline. A tremendous, what, problem? <laughs> no, a tremendous opportunity. <laughs> and who would have ever guessed? And the whole thing is, is we have some quotes here to show exactly what he thinks an opportunity is. It, uh, it's, it's so sinister and so wicked in a way. And, uh, and, and really, they, they work at it and they're still doing a good job right now because the media, right and left, are so strong on painting people who disagree with this. Uh, you know, Trump's been all over the place on this issue, but if he if he's in a dilemma now about when really t to oppose it, because I don't think it is, he has his heart in it. But uh, the, the conditions are such that uh, you know it's pretty hard for anybody, you know, to say that uh, maybe Russia has their point of view and uh, maybe. Uh, uh, maybe we had some responsibility for ourselves, you know, involvement in this, and we've identified that quite frequently. So it's uh, the, the propaganda, the point being, the propaganda machine is so powerful, it's intimidating. And that, if, that is the same time of technique, it must be the same people that were able to intimidate people, you know, in the medical field about uh, COVID. Yeah. You know, and they even get people to uh, lie about it, which we might talk a little about a little later on. Well, let's put up that first clip because here's what we're talking about. And this has been around. Uh, this is from Zero Hedge. Blinken calls sabotage attacks on Nord Stream pipelines a tremendous opportunity. I mean, they're all but admitting it with this, Dr. Paul. I mean, that's what's that's what's so shocking about this. I mean, it's so blatant. Unless someone thinks that we're taking this out of context, let's actually listen to that first clip from Aaron Maté which is a clip from Blinken in his own words with the uh, foreign minister of Canada talking about what a great opportunity blowing up this pipeline uh, is. I think it's 20 seconds we want to hear of him. Here we go. Ultimately, um, 
this is also a tremendous opportunity. It's a tremendous opportunity to, once and for all, remove the dependence on Russian energy, and thus to take away from Vladimir Putin the weaponization of energy as a means of advancing uh, his uh, imperial designs. Uh, that's very significant. You know, this is exactly how neocons think, Dr. Paul, and as you always point out, they love chaos. They do think this is an opportunity, getting us right to the brink of war and maybe even blowing it up ourselves, not ourselves, but Washington. That's a great opportunity. That's wonderful. But this is exactly opposite of the tool that if they use it, would prevent war and killing. And that is, from the, the, the day this country was started, the founders understood it very clearly. If you want to stay out of war, trade with people. And the more you trade with people, the less likely it is that we'll be killing each other. Yeah. So, but this is exactly uh, the wrong thing they do. So they they destroy trade. It could have been very natural, and and it, it, it's just this obsession over profits and who's going to make it, who has control of the energy, and somebody's in the empire business and somebody's in the weapons business, and it fits their scenario to continue this nonsense. And and now now it is. Uh, it, each, each week, it seems to be getting a little more dangerous. That might be today, uh, there are financial reasons, but this might be today, this thing is accelerating uh, why the precious metals have taken skyrocketed this yeah. morning. Uh, and it, they've been sort of dull and uh, nothing was scaring them into anything. But we have financial problems in the foreign policy and they come together and right, right now, uh, in an unusual manner, hasn't been this way for a long time. There's a lot of, uh, uh, of activity going on in the precious metals right now. Well, that's interesting. I should have bought some silver last week. <laughs> well, let's cue up the Biden clip. We did put that up on Thursday, but it's worth revisiting. Biden essentially also saying, hey, we're going to knock out that pipeline. It's not going to be allowed to work. Let's listen to Biden in his own words here. Let me answer the first question first. If Germany, if, uh, if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine again, then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. What do you, what, how will you, how will you do that exactly since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control? We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. Again, basically all just, all but admit that we've done this uh, over and over again, uh, uh, but you know, what's interesting about this is we have this, we have Radek Sikorsky, the former defense minister of Poland, saying, hey, thanks, USA, thanks for blowing that up. Uh, so much of this. But what, the other thing that's interesting, and, and I'll, let's put up this next uh, clip, because while everyone is, all evidence, including who benefits from it, it's all pointing to the U.S. government, you have the so-called mainstream media uh, really carrying water for the administration. This is AP. They say it means Associated Press. I say it means absolute propaganda. Here's what AP says. The Kremlin and Russian state media are aggressively pushing a baseless conspiracy theory, blaming the United States for, nat for damage to the natural gas pipelines in the Baltic Sea. And what analysts said is another effort to split the U.S. and its European allies. So, Dr. Paul, it's a baseless conspiracy theory to suggest that Washington did this even though Sikorsky 
Biden, Blinken, and everyone are basically saying, I did that, I did that. Most of the time, that type of conversation is behind closed doors. Yeah. But he was very blunt. And uh, for, to say that was not a threat is a, is a daydream. But then again, you know, uh, the world is not all that equal in the way you dish out the f propaganda. Uh, can you imagine if uh, a re any Republican, but especially if Trump had said something half as provocative yeah. as that? You know, maybe just sort of it could be and he qualified it. He would have been, uh, there would be impeachment number three, yeah. you know, if he were still in office. Yeah. Impeachment number three. But that is, uh, that is, I, I am still, you know, in a way overwhelmed because I know all this stuff goes on. But uh, the, the question is, is why, did, why does he say it? And some people have an explanation on why he blurts these things out. But uh, I, I think he uh, was very serious. Yeah. I, I think that uh, he may be misled, uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't uh, a comment made uh, with permission of his handlers or anything like that. And I don't even know if they answered back to that. Sometimes they answer back to him when he says these things. <laughs> yeah, because that, that was made a few months ago, and they did say, well, he didn't mean that we were going to blow it up. <laughs> but you know, you make such a great point about Trump, because if Trump had blustered and said something like this, we're going to stop that pipeline no matter what, and then it blew up. Can you imagine? All he did is make a phone call to Ukraine and they impeached him over it, you know? <laughs> so it just shows, you know, as you said, we talked about it before the show, where are the progressive Democrats? Where, you know, where are they on this? They, they don't uh, seem to be around at all. And, uh, and yet I think they're out there. I, I think that uh, there's a lot of people there just looking for more information. And I think that's why uh, we find that our program keeps growing and, yeah. and people will still turn to our program uh, because, because I think so often a lot of people are thinking those things, but they need, I, I noticed this in the COVID uh, discussion, people are thinking these things and finally when somebody blurts it out, you know, this whole thing's crazy. Yeah. It, it seems like there's tremendous support for it, and I think yeah. this is uh, uh, this is the way it will work. But uh, we we have been hindered uh, propaganda-wise that when the when the left can control the media and the mainstream media does this, and uh, they. Uh, they've lost a lot of credibility, but they still have a, a lot of a lot clout, of power, yeah. and a lot of people, you know, will follow that. So uh, we're still seen as the outsiders. But I think if you if you put up our views to uh, the others' views, and I always think if wouldn't it be neat to be able to do some polling, and never mention that oh I'm a Don I'm a Trump supporter or I'm yeah. a Republican or I'm an independent even saying you're libertarian doesn't make it you know libertarianism should be a good neutral spot yeah. you know between this fighting with Republicans and Democrats but no they don't and I think that uh, uh, would reveal uh, sort of an, an anonymous type of, uh, of, of polling where uh, you present the case and uh, even the issue on various issues and say, what do you think should do? Do you, you know, I, I think we'd win overwhelmingly if, if, if it were presented in an, object, in an objective fashion. Yeah. Well, I'm going to put this one up. It's a little bit long, but this is a real answer. Caitlin Johnson, of course, is, is one of the few good progressives that are left that haven't abandoned ship. She stayed with the anti-war cause, um, but she wrote an article, How to Defeat Putin, and it's tongue-in-cheek, and it's a fascinating article, and we did put it up on the Ron Paul Institute today. 
But this is a long piece that points out, so she's answering AP saying that it's a baseless conspiracy theory. And she points out, both Biden and Victoria Nuland explicitly said Nord Stream 2 will be brought to an end. DC insiders on record saying they want Europeans to be more dependent on North American energy. The Germans have been angrily demanding an end to US-led sanctions on Russia. We know that because we've talked about that as well. Um, U.S. naval forces were recently conducting unmanned underwater vehicle drills right where the pipelines were attacked. Unmined, unmanned underwater vehicles have been found carrying explosive charges near Russian pipelines in the past. Poland literally just inaugurated a gas pipeline that will transport gas from Norway through Denmark and the Baltic Sea. The U.S. helicopters were recorded traveling between the two blast points and along the Nord Stream 2 pipeline shortly before the explosions, and the U.S. Empire has explicitly stated policy of ensuring that no powers could challenge its global hegemony, including Europe, and that the CIA has a known history of blowing up gas pipelines, Russian gas pipelines. You say, come on, that's, that's ridiculous, that's not true. Well, this was making the rounds over the Internet over the weekend. Put on this next one, this is from The Telegraph back in 2004. CIA plot led to huge blast in Siberian gas pipeline. Now it was declassified in 2004, but it was a project, Dr. Paul, in the summer of 1982, where a C we can put on that next clip then, this is from that same article, a CIA operation to sabotage Soviet industry by duping Moscow into stealing a booby-trapped software was spectacularly successful when it triggered a huge explosion in a Siberian gas pipeline. So the CIA has done it before, the U.S. government's done it before. They said they're going to do it now <laughs> if it happens. We had ships in the area, drones in the area. There have been explosive-laden drones that were, that were found near the pipelines. But it's a conspiracy theory if you suggest that Washington might have done it. Well, there, there's a lot of <laughs> suspects in, in this one. But are they going to admit to it is a big, big thing. You know, uh, I want to expand a little bit on that because of the opportunity things. And uh, who, who has this provided an opportunity for? We've already mentioned a whole lot. But here's, here's an article that's pretty blunt at two. I, I, you know, this whole thing of, uh, of Biden, what he said, and this happening and transpiring, and then pretending that, well, we didn't have anything to do with this, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. But no, this is one, because we've talked about the military-industrial complex for a little while. Now, this one doesn't state uh, U.S. Uh, congressmen, which are part of the problem, of obviously. Yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, NATO, but we're NATO, and, and that's when this really accelerated with NATO, uh, you, you know, uh, pulling off that coup in 2014. And, uh, and yet, not long after this, people started talking about the opportunity, like, where, where's this conspiracy? It's hardly... It, it's hardly a conspiracy because it's so out in the open. So if this works, that's sad for us because the evidence is so clear. <laughs> then, but, you know, when it's, uh, you know, wishy-washy and say, and you're speculating too much. I don't know. I don't think what we've said today is, is much speculation. Yeah. I mean, we've quoted what people have been saying. But, uh, no, there's an article now that says that uh, NATO is one of those people that thought there was, you know, some opportunity here. 
Now we find out there's a major uh, coordination, which they've always had some, working with the weapons industry to ramp up production. That's NATO going to the weapons industry. Yeah, yeah I mean, we know that uh, they deal with congressmen because that's where the, ultimately the money comes. But uh, no, NATO uh, NATO's working all the corners here, which is uh, probably by our permission. Oh, well, we, people are getting antsy. You know, they're getting tired of taking money away from our border patrols and, and having <clears throat> having it all sent to uh, Ukraine, which they are continuing to do even yeah. as we speak. They're sending more and more money. And here they said that they said that they're, uh, our, they're, they're behind on weapons. They're short now. So we they have to build more. And uh, but but don't you think it's wonderful that the president of Ukraine is very grateful? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Isn't that sad? Though? Send me more. It, it's almost it's almost like he's taking charge. Yeah. yeah, I want this now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's the thug taking your Halloween candy or yeah. something. Well, let's do that next clip. I think you put up uh, the, the, this is from the Libertarian Institute, the article that Dr. Paul is referring to. Um, uh, this is here, this is, uh, uh, and let's go, this is from the article. Let's do the next one. Here he is meeting with people at Lockheed. He says, so since Russia invaded Ukraine in February, members of NATO have sent tens of billions in arms to Ukraine. On Wednesday, that's this last Wednesday, the White House announced a new $1.1 billion arms transfer to Kiev. Washington has led all donors by a significant margin, giving over $65 billion to Ukraine in just over seven months. Uh, this money can be given away without congressional approval because he has a blanket authorization to use the $40 billion in aid that was passed in May. So this is a quote from the article, and they point out this is what, uh, this is what Biden said back in May. He said, he was at Lockheed Martin's plan. He said, this fight is not going to be cheap. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, I want to make, remake a point that we talked about uh, the other day. And that is comparing what we've sent. And you've mentioned this. It's total now, I think, close to $67 billion that we've sent. And uh, it, that's bigger than the entire budget for, for Russia. Yeah, the whole military budget. Yeah, the whole thing. You know. So, uh, but it's those Russians that are 100%. <laughs> but uh, Russia deserves a, a bit of evaluation and criticism as well as far as I'm concerned. But sure. you shouldn't do it outside of the fact that uh, if you dwell only on their infractions and not even mention what we have pointed out where this thing really got started you know and it's been going on not even long time before 2014 ever since world war ii ended we've been uh misleading russia and it's still hard to grasp the idea that republicans <coughs> now who believe that they're entitled to take back both houses of congress that republicans by and large are not challenging this massive giveaway of 60 billion dollars you know while we're in a recession it seems like it would be a great point to make. Well, let's move on because this is something that had us scratching our heads over the weekend, Dr. Paul. And this is from the Epoch Times. Put on that next clip if you can. Uh, exclusive, FDA is withholding autopsy reports on people who died after getting their COVID-19 vaccines. The Epoch Times says they, they put out a freedom of information request to the FDA, Dr. Paul and they asked for more of the information from the autopsies of these people who died after their shots. And the FDA, we can put on that next clip, this is from the article, the FDA declined to release any reports, even redacted copies, 
They cited federal law, which enables agencies to withhold information if the agency, quote, reasonably foresees that disclosure would harm an interest pr protected by an exemption. They're claiming that, oh, we can't, we can't release this data because it's person's medical privacy involved. <laughs> uh, but that is undermined by this next uh, clip, if you can put it up from the article as well. Kim Witsack, a drug safety advocate who advises the FDA as part of the Psychopharmologic Drugs Advisory Committee, said that the reports could be released with personal information blacked out. She said the personal information could easily be redacted without losing the potential learnings from the autopsy, she told the Epic Times, who has appealed the refusal under FOIA to release the information. What are they trying to hide, Dr. Paul? You know, <coughs> it, it, is, it is so clear of what, what they're doing, because specifically uh, they say uh, if, they, if they have, uh, if they have uh, uh, COVID, uh, that has to be the or a cause of the death when to totally ignore it is what they want. They want to just don't, don't put it on type of thing. But we said that from the very beginning because there was so much uh, distortion. But uh, especially then now, especially if people have died from the vaccine, yeah. you know, that, those reports uh, that you alluded to, they're, they're, um, uh, th that's such a distortion and, and, and uh, such a shame, too. But, you know, this whole thing about the medical privacy, yeah. that just gets to me about the joke it is because, uh, you know, the um, Medical Privacy Act, when that was passed, we're going to protect your record. Yeah, the federal government gets every single piece of medication given, every everything goes to Washington in a computer. I used to think that, you know, good, they'll screw it up. They don't even, can't keep track. <laughs> the trouble is the computers keep getting better and better, and they keep track about everything. So they started off with the finances. But can, can you imagine this whole thing that uh, they're, they're going to be uh, – uh, the arbiter of uh, what information is, is released, and uh, when, you, when you think of the well, why why would you have the FBI when oh the FBI is supposed to help us make sure that it's kept secret? Yeah. They're, they're 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 used in the opposite way. I mean, the F, FBI doesn't protect us. Yeah. The FBI is a participant, you know, in what's going on there and, and uh, you know, this whole whole mess with Russiagate. Uh, it's turning out there's a case going on right now in the court trying to get to, to the bottom of this on who participated with what and uh, it, it, the, the job is, is to, it, to distort it, uh, the information, and uh, it's sort of like the, the commissions of Washington. The commissions are never there to get to the bottom of it and get to the truth. The commissions there are always to cover up a, a real conspiracy and evil or somebody's mistakes, which were dumb mistakes. But the, the commissions, whether it's assassinations or 9-11 or any of these things, it's there to cover up. Well, it does smack of corruption, the fact that they won't release this data of people who died after the shots. Uh, it really leads people to wonder, what do they have to hide? But speaking of corruption, Dr. Paul, you know, millions and millions of Americans and people worldwide suffered under the COVID lockdowns, under the, the reach of government, the authoritarianism. Uh, they suffered in their pocketbooks. Small businesses suffered, went under. Uh, people lost their life savings. They lost their jobs. There's one person, Dr. Paul, however, did pretty well during COVID. Let's put this next one on. This is from Fox News. I know it's going to shock you, Dr. Paul, so hold on. 
Fauci and his wife's net worth increased by $5 million during the pandemic, analysis finds. So, Fauci got even richer during COVID. I can't believe it. You know what? I better call my son. Ask him if he uh, knows what's happening. How are we going to stop this? Yeah, exactly. But he's been on top of this all the time. And you know what? I don't think it's explicitly listed here. But it's sort of these royalties things from drug companies. There was one one thing here where uh, he was getting money from a uh, sort of an educational group. And I kept thinking, that is exactly where Bill Gates probably sends yeah, his money. You know, yeah. it, it's a, non, a non-governmental association. So he, he, uh, he was the editor of a magazine which on the board, which many did absolutely nothing. Yeah. And uh, he got 100 grand uh, just putting his name down there. Why don't I get a job like that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> it's amazing. But, so yeah, hopefully, I mean, it'll be that great. Is, that is sad. This, now, here's another one. Where are the people that used to call themselves uh, progressives. Yeah. Why aren't they doing this? But they've, they've lost their way, except for the few we know. And you know, uh, this, uh, this is just a horrible thing because uh, you know, the, but it gets, you know, you'd always look for an opportunity and alliance. Uh, so I think, I think the people are still out there. They might have to rally around, uh, you know, an independent libertarian approach to it rather than depending on the Republicans or the Democrats to do it. They can do it. They're pretty good uh, when you're, you're on the outside and you want to get control of the power. Yeah. Then they're pretty good. But it doesn't take long afterwards for all of a sudden... Uh, to have excuses on why why they can't get anything passed. Oh, that would be a tough vote. So yeah. I, can't, I can't vote against that. Can't vote against uh, the flood insurance. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's. I'm going to close out, Dr. Paul. I think we've probably exhausted <laughs> everything. <laughs> um, but I'll just put this next. This is another reminder. We announced this on Thursday uh, that we have uh, joined uh, the locals community. Uh, where we've been involved with Rumble now, and we have a locals account, so you can do, join the Ron Paul community at locals we got a lot of people joined we got some paid we got some unpaid we're very happy to have them and we're churning out content we're going to do more and more a lot of big big plans there um, by the way people that are watching this uh, live there's an easy way to help us just hit plus where it says rumble underneath the video that'll give us uh, some more exposure definitely comment there's a little thing where you can give us a tip tip jar uh, if you feel like doing that that's great while you're watching the show we certainly appreciate that, and thankfully, Rumble does offer a higher percentage to us than YouTube did. We won't talk about that. <laughs> Final thing, get your tickets, come to Lake Jackson, have a great time, put on that last clip, please. Shut up. Cancel culture and the war on speech. <clears throat> we've got Dell Bigtree, we've got Dr. Paul Jeff Deist, uh, we've got uh, a great conference planned. Walter Block is going to be speaking, Dr. Paul. I didn't tell you this before. I probably should have. But Walter Block is going to talk about the attacks on speech on college campuses. That is a big deal, and we've talked about it so much. Walter Block is a professor uh, in, uh, in New Orleans at Loyola. Great professor. He's on the board of the Ron Paul Institute. We're excited because he's been such a great collaborator. This is the first time he's going to be speaking at one of our events. Uh, so big deal, college campuses. Here's a guy who's been in the trenches forever. So really exciting. Get your tickets. Go to ronpaulinstitute.org, and you can click, and I'll also put a link in the description. Back to you, Dr. Paul. Very good. 
You know, I'm going to follow up on the bombing incidents where so many, uh, Biden and others, say this is an opportunity in the uh, arms manufacturer. This is an opportunity. And uh, I want to say I agree. It is an opportunity. But it's not only an opportunity to make things worse and the people who cause these problems to have an opportunity to do more harm. It's an opportunity for us to wake up and encourage uh, our potential allies in the progressive community in saying, look at what's going on here. It is an opportunity to present the cases of personal liberty, property rights, and, and you know, minimal government, fiscal responsibility. And so uh, the, the COVID thing, how horrible that was, but it wasn't all, it wasn't awakening for a lot of people. And I, I still think they're awake and we'll find out how they do on the voting. But yes, it's an opportunity. But I tell you what, I don't think uh, uh, they are reading it correctly by saying this was a tremendous opportunity because now, now it means that we can blame Russia for it. After all the confessions, they had pre-confession time by a sixth and up. Well, if there's ever a bombing of there, or, in, or, if, or if the Russians take one more step into Ukraine and messes around and they don't behave, we will take care of it. And then reassured the interviewer, yes, we can take care and take care of that uh, line. And uh, they see the opportunity to do more harm. I see what's going on, whether it's economically speaking or in foreign policy, an opportunity to present our case because I am so positive on the benefits from peace and prosperity. And that is what we're going to continue to do, to continue for peace and prosperity for everyone. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.